Today, I am thrilled to welcome KK and Manish Mystery to DTV. KK is a legend in uh, DevOps circles. Uh, his, uh, it's true. Uh, his achievements include creating Jenkins, uh, the automator that uh, people know and love around the world for setting up CI, CD environments. A startup specializing in improving testing through machine learning. And we're going to learn a bit more about that during this interview. And then he's joined by Mystery, who is the CTO of InfoStretch. He drives the innovation, R&D, and exploration of next-generation technologies. So uh, it'd be great to kind of start out for um, KK first, you, and then Manish, a little bit about your digital engineering journey. You know, what's caused you to spend your time in your life in such a, a difficult field? <laughs> Well, DevOps and QA and digital in general, right? If it was easy, everybody could do it. Well, actually, well, in that sense, I think it's it's not of all the things in my endeavors, I find this pretty easy, actually. You know, like, in fact, if anything, like coming to QA, I felt more of that, you know, like I, because programs, like in general, so deterministic and like attainable. You can redo it anytime you want. Like you can move around and heck, you can even work from home. Yes. Like not, not many people have this kind of enviable patience. So Manish, what's caused you to, to, to stay in this, uh, this crazy field of ours? Well, I, I would say digital is a amazing journey. As a, I, I would say digital has become now life for everyone, right? Especially in these days. Yes. Uh, I, one cannot be more excited than this. Uh, the uh, good part is that our, as a computing life cycle, our innovation cycle has dramatically increased, changed. Um, I would say computing power has dramatically changed. Uh, our needs have changed. I mean, technically, you can see that our body itself is becoming a digital twin. That's what the information we are looking for up to that level. So I would say there cannot be better time than this uh, about especially transforming the whole industry on a global level. So KK, um, I'm really curious, you know, you, you spent, you know, Jenkins and DevOps was a whole new area, kind of pushing development into operations and, and blending things. What's caused you now to go focus on Launchable? Isn't, isn't like testing a solved problem? I mean, what's, what's the point? <laughs> Yeah, I wish I had this like a nice cookie cutter answer, but um, I mean, I kind of, I always kind of let my uh, curiosity and interest drove me to Jenkins. Like it wasn't like I had any grand plan or like a big vision or like a something that like makes other people aspire. Like I just wanted to write some quick programs that on my spare time and it just turned out to be more popular. As a part of this, being a Jenkins founder, like one of the few parks, if you can call it, but that is like, I, wherever I go, like I, I can ask, I can essentially broadcast like, hey, I'm in this city, like, you know, if you're doing software development, I'd love to talk to you, please have me in the office. And like the people just open up, you know, they let me have been there on site and they kind of dump on me all the challenges that they're working on. And you had so many people complained about it. You said, well, there's got to be something to solve if this is. If this is the pain for so many people world, world. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And then I can totally relate to that, right? As an as engineer, I worked on this like a, a big project that's been going on for 15 years. Like every successful project kind of becomes a victim of its own success. Yeah. And in some sense, like the more the business is successful, you rack up technical debts, like you try to cover that with tests and 
Like you can cover that with money at a certain point, but at some point you gotta have your problem head on. And usually by that happens, like the monster has grown. Um, yeah, Manish, what do you see in this? So, you know, as you're thinking about you know, when you heard about Launchable and some of this, so was your is this a sort of problem that you're you're wrestling with as well? Uh, no, absolutely, right. I mean, as you know, InfoStretch has been the digital first company since the beginning, and we've been driving. Uh, automation from soup to nut. Uh, what we have seen is that uh, uh, internet much, much, much faster uh, space. They want change uh, in the requirement. They want to develop new things. Uh, it, I would say much faster than we ever had. Now, testing is one cycle which actually slows a lot of things down. I think the time has come where our uh, innovation cycle in terms of process itself to take example of CI CD itself automation of testing itself has really really matured we have now strong platform for AI uh, and automation uh, now how do you combine both of them together and uh, try to reduce our uh, whole uh, SDLC cycle per uh, I would say per storyline in terms of agile world will how do you remove unnecessary failures? I think AI will play a huge role in that uh, 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 realm. And I would say um, Launchable is taking a really, really leap in that uh, and solve that problem. I'm very, very excited. And how do you get the data? I mean, one of the great challenges, everyone says, oh, let's just use more data. But you know, if only data was neatly packaged and ready for consumption, and it so rarely mm -hmm. is. Yeah, so and then that's you, a how do you clean that up. That's when I thanked my past 15 years working on Jenkins, you know, because like with so many people in that ecosystem have built with so many integrations. And then another part of it is like, you know, thanks in part to this like amount of automation that we, you know, let's say we've driven collectively. Now, like a test has been run so many times. Like I still remember like back in the days when I first started working in this field, tests only run lightly. Yeah. And then so in the span of like, a whole month, maybe I get like a 30 test records. Like now it's almost like, you know, we, we run it almost every commit and certainly every pull request. So the amount of available data has like a, you know, skyrocketed in at least like a two or three order of magnitude. So Manish, how do you think about this in terms of, you know, finding out what are the things to go run? I mean, as you wrestle, is this a, a challenge you see and how have you been addressing it, you know, to date? I would say depends on the maturity of the organization, right? I mean, uh, how efficiently they are ready to uh, expose data on one side of the world. On other extreme, uh, if you like, we are now going in the territory of producing new generation data. For example, we work with uh, many healthcare companies and create uh, biosensors. Now we never had such data. <laughs> now how? How do you put especially for testing? For example, like how do you do the ground truthing of those uh, data? Yeah, I think that, that's actually a great point. Like, you know, test used to be this used to be thought as this like a binary thing. There's many metrics, like often operational metrics and business metrics and other things that's useful for feeding these quality. And then, so those are also requiring some statistics and mathematical analysis. And that's, I think, one of the key innovations that's happening in the in the space of QA, in the broad sense of the QA.
Well, that actually leads to an interesting question, KK. I mean, it's uh, one of the challenges and trade-offs is, you know, how much you cover. You can never test everything. It's always a matter, of, it's, a, it's a judgment call. You know, what level of cert are you willing to accept? Yeah. And how do you think about that? How do you think about the trade-offs? And, you know, first of all, where do you focus your testing? And then how do you assess the consequences of an escape? There are a couple of things, I think. That one is to try to quantify uh, what they are doing, right? So when we say, you know, the some test, some failure could slip when we only test what matters. Like exactly how much is that? You know, like is that is that a worse? And then what improvements did it, did that bring? So Manish, how do you think about testing these complicated interconnected systems? Because you've got a model, but you're touching multiple, sometimes legacy systems, sometimes external services. Uh, and then you're also dealing with kind of happy path versus the full state space. How do you think about this? Because it just seems like you get lost in the wilderness quickly. No, it's uh, very true right now. So if we look at um, current scenario as a digital world right now, everybody is using multiple devices. Uh, or you literally are wearing multiple stuff. <laughs> yes. Uh, you have your uh, phone becoming your gateway to the information, uh, right? And everybody's using, I would say, cloud kind of infrastructure. It's a standard kind of uh, in place. Now, there are multiple teams working on this life cycle, right? Uh, across this. What we have seen is more organizations are actually creating multiple different frameworks. If I want to test, uh, Bluetooth kind of thing on a, uh, the wearable device. I create a separate framework versus what I want to test on a cloud. What Launchable uh, kind of world is doing is that how can I use intelligence and reduce that cycle? As we are writing a software or a code, right? My things are getting tested in parallel yeah. or at least it starts warning, uh, warning. How you see is in the IDE world, right? As you type in and you write function call, it actually tells you upfront. It, we need to envision up to that level. And I think we will achieve it one or the other. Okay, okay. One of the things yeah. that occurred to me, I remember the, the, the story of the, the, the plumber that, that gave a bill for $101. And they said, why is that a hundred? And they said, well, it's $1 for the part and $100 to know which one. Right. right, right. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, well, let's see. I, I, I think there's a lot, a lot of like wisdom in... Like what the knowing what to test and how to test it. Effectively. How do you think about that? So, so I'm curious. I mean, because you're almost doing the meta system, right? I know that if you're a good engineering manager, you can say, "Hey, I know this is a very tricky piece of code. It's got a whole bunch of in, you know uncontrolled inputs. Um, it's got a whole history of defects. I'm gonna put someone really strong on that because it's got a really bad track record. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't have the luxury of of doing that." You no, you're, you're, so how do you how do you think about it? You're you're doing this just from numbers instead of from any kind of fingertip yeah. feeling. So I mean, the, one of the things that I mean, this kind of leads to, led to my well, originally it came from my part of my technology leader. Was, I, I kind of discovered that we we rely too much on like our collective belief or the personal credibility. Like, you know, when we, when engineers try to argue for something, whether it's design, or like how things should be done or what, we, we usually do a crap job of explaining why. 
right? Like you just like you can't really say say it. Um, and then so that's it's no wonder it's difficult to rally the rest of the organizations or the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know I think even when I was at Clubbies, I was able to see the rest of the business and sort of I sort of like understood the power of numbers. Um, and then it's, it's a way of convincing other people, like making them more comfortable that what you're doing is right. Or like, and then that's the home. And then so I, I, I feel like I wanted to bring more of that into, you know, like what we do in the software engineering. Like number is never going to be the whole story, but I think we can certainly use more of that. And then in that sense, like if you can do this subjectivity in these things, or like if you can back up your story with these believable numbers, I think that's going to make your case stronger. Because there so is this trade-off between uh, kind of the, the craft and the art of programming, uh, and then there's just kind of the hard numbers, right? And, and it's, it's an interest, it's a, it's a tricky dynamic because you don't want to squeeze the soul out. No, uh, I would say every organization does try to find the balance, <laughs> right? I mean, technically, all avenues are open. His question is that um, how much do you test? How deep you test, right? How uh, how many times you test? So the many dimensions by which people play around. Um, I would say most of the time, it's my go-to market which drives much more than anything else, right? If and in these times, as the um, go-to market time has dramatically changed, we want everything yesterday, right? I mean, the question is, how can we reduce the cycles? What tool sets do I use? How can I make things much more proactive uh, doing uh, later on the uh, life cycle of SDLC? So I would say they're all factors are playing the role. And um, at, at, on our side, at, for each customer, we try to draft it, what would work for their organization? We create a whole strategy around it and work with them to see to it that, how can we reduce down uh, a dollar spend on every development, right? I mean, it's very, very important cycle, but at the same time, quality can be compromised. You've been, in, you know, you're a DevOps pioneer, and now you're you're, you're applying your craft in the world of uh, in the world of testing. What's the takeaway you would like people to to walk away from from listening to this? The the biggest sensor or message that you'd want to share with the audience? Yeah, I I think it's that it's the sense that despite all the sort of like a sexiness and coolness it's around in this like ecosystem at the end of the day i think it's really the activity the the time it takes for you to build a confidence in your software change i think that is the dominating factor in the software development cycle and and i think that that is there's a lot of opportunity to improve there um that i think i want people to think about and if that leads to happy developers and the more productive focused developers, and I think it's the effective compound. That I think is the like a message to, to leave with. And Manisha, if you're uh, in, in your role as CTO, what are the you know, what are the things that you you tell CIOs and developments about digital engineering? I would, I mean, I would rather than me saying there are many reports which is out there in the market which are talking, but from our experience, I think innovation digital journey as we know of. I mean, if you are not on a digital journey, you, you, uh, probably you are not going to survive. Everyone knows that. So see, every CIO is getting ramped up on that. Some are ahead, some are later in the game. But 
if depends on your maturity of where you are on a digital roadmap, I would really, really ask every CIO to relook at their cloud strategy. I would look at it. How do have you invested? Are you on a right path? Can you grow much faster than you ever imagined? Right. Um, I, I also, there are many things. If you are done on already, let's say uh, uh, analytics. Is that my analytics strategy right? Am I collecting the right data? Everybody should reevaluate and thinking that now, since everybody is looking at digital, how am I transforming myself to it, right? Uh, at the same time, during the whole SDLC life cycle, am I collecting right data, right? Uh, what is the quality of my data I'm collecting from the each and every uh, part of my organization? I would ask every CI to relook at that. and. Uh, uh, AI, ML are going to play a big role no matter what you do, right? So how, what is your strategy? How can I leverage? Uh, people think that, oh, uh, if I use more automation and more AI, I'll have, I'll need less people. Actually not true. The demand is going to be even more than what you, you can do more if you can automate and use certain intelligent tools to help you make your business. So this has been, um, it has been really exciting. I, uh, this has been very insightful. I, and then I'd encourage uh, everyone that's watching, if you're passionate about digital transformation uh, and interested in coming on the show, we at infostretch.com. We'd love to hear you. And again, thank you, KK, and thank you, Manish. This has been really fun. I uh, look forward to doing one of these days, but uh, for now, I will have to settle for the digital version.